Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harev Nissen. We have just a little, little bit of announcements to share with everyone. Number one, we are doing this program on a different evening because Baruch Hashem, it all worked out for the better, but my daughter got a call. We got a call from camp that she wasn't feeling well. We should pick her up. And before we know it, in about a couple of hours, she really wasn't feeling well. And next thing we know, that's probably going to need some minor procedure. And I just want to thank everyone and appreciate in Yisrael how special we are. Meaning we're rushing to a certain hospital, and I just called up Bikr Chaylam, not saying my name, just saying, hi, I'm Weinberger, this and this is happening. They're able to find out right away that that surgeon that we needed is on vacation and won't be there. They were able to help us out. Along the route, we started to get worried. My daughter was in pain, and they said, if you need help, someone said we can get Hatsala, they'll be able to meet you along the way. I was amazed how for Claudia's soul we got together, and no one asked what Kahila you were. No one asked me what my name was, what my name is, and if I have anything to do with anything. It was just people there all along the line, yeah. and I was extremely touched. Yes. And first, I want to give a shot to my daughter, the everything worked out okay. Excellent. It was a minor procedure. And as we know, yes, unfortunately, G. many times when there are minor procedures, they okay. turn into okay. things that are a lot more than that. But A, thanking Hashem for just letting everything Hello. go, whatever had to be, was Baruch Hashem done. And on the second level, just thanking so many different people and different, just different people, just thanking everyone for being involved and for Claudia's soul, just appreciating how much and how special we are. That means a lot. Two more little messages. Number one, to share a big mangletuff to my first cousin. We had a wedding last night of Svika and Judy Zucker that they married off their daughter, which is Devoiri Zucker now. She's married to Yoel Stavsky, and it's now Devoiri and Yoel Stavsky. So mangletuff, that was an amazing wedding. And to about almost 35 cousins that flew in from Eretz to be at this wedding. Wow. And one last mazel tov is to one of the therapists by us in the office, and her name is Shira Rosenberg. She has just gotten engaged today to Nachi Shapansky. So mazel tov on that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful simcha. There's just so many simchas going around, and the goal is for us to be able to appreciate that and value them. The number to call up is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And Baruch Hashem, surrounded by tzimchus, surrounded by appreciation to the Rabbi Nishleilam. And now let's go ahead and start the questions with those of you that are calling in. So again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858. Excellent. Uh, shall we go to Miss G? Miss G. Hi, you're on hello. with Mordechai uh, yes, and Nissen. Hello, um, I'm calling to give you feedback on your phenomenal book, Mastering Relationships. Oh, please, I, I was, go ahead. Yes, I mean, I was totally blown away by the clarity of information and the insight that was in this book. Um, as I read the book, I identified myself as the wind nature, and I wanted to share with you that after reading the book, I, um, after reading about the positives of the wind to inspire, build, and um, connect to people, I signed up to a mentoring program to mentor a girl weekly. And Boston has great results, and yes, and I wanted to thank you for that. So can you please share with everyone, when you read the wind nature, what did you realize? I realized that um, I can inspire people and relate to people and understand them and um, see their positives and, and show them, and, and that's what made me um, want to sign up for such a thing. Just as I read it, I just I saw the positives, and I decided to act on it. Excellent. So let's let's clarify. It is so amazing what you've shared, Harvinus. So let's let's realize the class of when we do a radio program, if we write a book, just when we just share information, what happens? You recognize that your class is the wind. You're the dreamer. You're the person that has vision way beyond what people see. You can sometimes see 20, 30, 40 years in the future. And a large part of it is you want to make an effect on Kalyusol. You have that kayach and that power where you want to reach others. And people want to hear from you. And your goal is to ground these ideas, not to get stuck in the future, but that is your goal, to be able to stay here and now 
and you have an amazing power of inspiring others. And what you've done from that is you actually signed up to mentor someone. Wow, that is such a schuss. I am really touched and honored. So tell me, A, how do you feel when you're mentoring someone? And tell me, how does that person feel when you're mentoring them? Yes, yeah, so this um, girl, she had low self-esteem and she had a problem in school with um, social skills. So I just, um, I used the idea of um, getting her to write down her positives and saying it. And, and, I, and she's seen a massive, massive difference from it. Um, wow. And I see it from her. As, as weeks go by, I see more and more how she's becoming stronger and more confident. And for me, I, I feel so good that I'm giving it to someone and I'm building up. I, I, I just, I know it's, it's really good for me to see that. It's, yeah, it's an amazing thing. Yes, how great. Now let's hear about you. How do you feel when you're having a positive effect on someone that you can see that they're recognizing their positives or along those lines? How do you feel? Yes, it, it just makes it just inspires me to continue to to want to um, continue such things and to carry on. Just um, just continue inspiring people. Wow. Wow. Baruch Hashem. Listen, isn't that a schuss that we have? It really is. Like just it continues going. Just sharing our time or our information. You're helping us further, and I get inspired from others. It's just the gondol hachayza that the Rebbeinu Shleilam keeps on allowing to happen. Wow. Yes. Okay, thank, thank you very, you. very much. I really, really appreciate it. You're yes. very, yeah. very, very welcome. Wow, great. great. For those of you, yeah, appreciate that. And for those of you that would like to call, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to Miss R., Miss R, you're on with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. Hi. Yes, hello. Hi. Um, I was wondering if you could give me awareness for someone who used to be a therapist on a weekly or bi-monthly basis and doesn't go anymore, if it's healthy or unhealthy to maintain any sort of connection with that therapist. Great. So instead of sharing my thoughts, let's develop it together. So let's take your question. Let's just, let's just rephrase your question. Someone that has been seeing a therapist either once a week, then gradually lowered it down to once in two weeks. Question is, should they continue seeing a therapist, let's say, once in two weeks or once a month or once in six months, or should they end, let's say, the process and be on their own? So let's, is um, that your question? My, question? my question was a drop different. My question was more like, they did stop the process. So once they stop the process, is it unhealthy to ever still randomly speak to that therapist or not? So let's. So then let's see if I got it now. Someone has already finished with that therapist. Now the question is, could they randomly just call and share what's going on? Right. Okay. And now let's let's work it through. Let's work it out together. What would be the positive in completely disconnecting? That then they want to be independent? Yeah. What would be the negative of still calling up or, let's say, being in touch once in a while? That then they're dependent. Okay. But, but what would be the positive of being in connection with their therapist once in a while? To get motivation or whatever they need. That's right. And this is all that gets discussed actually with the therapist before we terminate. So each of those are what's discussed, which means sometimes it's part of the therapist's job to make sure that before we complete our sessions or we, we complete, we terminate, or as I like using the term graduate in our center, before the person graduates therapy, you want to make sure that they have a support system in place so they won't need a therapist. Because in my belief is that once a therapist is done, we're, we're done. It means we've given you the skills, and our goal is that you'll even forget about us. Not negative in a negative way, but we want your life moving on. Sometimes if a person stops too early, or if they still need once in two weeks or once a month therapy, and they stop it, and they're still thinking about their therapist. And therefore, it's important to really establish what's going on. 
Now, along those lines, let me just give one more bit of information, and there are different types of therapists. So there are some therapists that, let's say, in a school that might be a, guide, a guidance counselor, or sometimes they're a teacher, that they're a mentor. Mentoring is very different than therapy. And if, you're, if the relationship was a mentoring relationship, then that's different. And, yes, you could call up the mentor a year from now, two years from now. So, for an example, a therapist is really not allowed to go to any simplest of the clients. We're not. Not allowed to go to weddings, to Brisbane, to Kadeshian. We're not because we don't want the person to feel what the therapist is doing there. What are we doing there? If someone's a mentor, like an Askin, Askan and go all the time. So we need to also clarify what type of a role, when someone says it's my therapist, we need to know what type of a role therapy did that therapist do. But in general, if it was, let's say, for depression, anxiety, OCD, marriage counseling, and things like that, usually when you disconnect, like when the person graduates, part of the tools that we want to give them is to have other support systems that now they won't need to come back to us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What are your thoughts on it? I agree, but... What about if the person just misses their therapist? It's just, like, too bad? Well, let's clarify again. What does that mean? What do they miss about the therapist? Just them as a person. Well, now let me ask you something. When does someone miss someone? When does someone think about them? You like them. Yes. But what happens if the relationship is clear that the relationship is very technical. We're here to take care of this issue. Now, that's part of the therapist's job is to keep a professional boundary. Professional boundary is a little bit difficult because you need to connect to them and to care, but you also need to not care that much that the person will not be hooked on, will not be hooked on you. And that's why what I find many times when the person is still hooked to the therapist it's because they haven't yet connected to someone else. They haven't made that deep relationship with others. So now I would ask you, do you find that whoever it is that you're asking about, it could be you or it could be about a friend, that the person still thinks of the therapist, did they make another connection as deep as they had with a therapist? No, I thought there isn't supposed to be another relationship that deep if a person's ready to graduate therapy. Of course there is. That is a very important step. To have others, well, then who else are you going to be sharing some, a lot of personal stuff with? I thought not everything is supposed to be shared. Not is supposed to be shared with one person, but of course that's supposed to be shared. And to have a safe person who to share it with. Of course. And sometimes if people have some real stuff that happens and they can't share with the average person, and there's something called a support group where you can share that with them. But, yes, sharing is where you feel, where you learn to connect to others. Again, I don't know exactly in your case. I don't want to say in every case. But in almost every case, part of the job is for the person to find out close friends who they can open up to. And, again, close friends doesn't mean they're turning those friends into therapists. It means those friends will share with them their difficulties. They'll share with their friends the difficulties. And they'll also be having laughter and enjoyment and an easy conversation. And they'll have five, six different best friends. You'll have a best friend who you can share some difficulties with. You'll have some best friends who you can have a great time with. You'll have best friends that you can go certain places with. That's all what happens. So it seems like you haven't yet replaced that role where you can share some of those painful experiences in your life. And I think that's very important. So, of course, you're going to be thinking about your therapist. It'll be hard for you to disconnect if it wasn't replaced. Does that make sense? I'm saying... I don't feel the need anymore to share everything. So I don't feel like I need to replace her. It's just when you're when you have a connection with someone, I don't understand how you just completely end it. So do you realize what my answer is to your question? Let's rephrase the. Uh, somehow I think I've answered it, and I think you're not getting it. So let's try this again. Your question is why. What should you do that you could not think about your therapist anymore? Right? Therapists are meant for a certain job. The job is done, but you're still thinking about her. My response was you probably haven't filled. There's a need of, there's a party that needs to share. 
That's a healthy part. And if you don't find a replacement, you're going to go back to the old relationship, so you're not going to be able to move on. And part of what I said was it's part of a therapy process. Before you graduate, we make sure you built other bridges. You learn to connect to others. If you didn't, you're going to think, go back to your therapist. So now what you're telling me is, so then you reply for the, then the third time the reply is, but I didn't replace her, but I don't need to replace her. Then why are you thinking about her? Because I like her. Well, part of what happens when you fill, fill that need is you're able to forget about others. You could like her, but you'll fill it. So chances are you like someone and you think about them if you didn't fulfill yet that need. So a person that's hungry is going to be discussing, wow, those steaks, wow, that pizza, whatever it should be, wow, I love that food. The minute they're full, they're not talking about it. If you're still talking and thinking about it, what I would like to create the awareness, is it possible that you might still need that, that to talk and you might still need that openness and you're not getting it from anywhere and that's why you're still thinking about your therapist and you're using the words, I like her. I'm asking. I guess it could be. I don't know. All right. So this is something that if I were you, I'd recommend you go back to the therapist and you discuss with your therapist. Do you know that there are certain topics I don't discuss with anyone and I think about you a lot and how do I disconnect? How do I let go of thinking about you? This is part of the termination process that they teach us in college. It's important to terminate in a way that you could now move on. And it seems like some part of you is still stuck. And you're using the word, I like her. And in therapy, we'll, we will help you process which part are you liking, which part are you not getting, and how can you get it so this way now you can move on from us. Okay. Okay. So could you now repeat to me what you heard, what you're getting? That... Um, when a person graduates therapy, they need to have the replacement as a, back, a different backup, back, uh, different support system. Um, and exactly. if they don't have a different support system, then then that might lead them to feel like they still um, want to speak to the old therapist. That's right. So someone once told me a quote. I don't remember the exact quote but sort of like a teacher's job is to teach their students how to build bridges and when they finish the year to break their bridge. So if a teacher will always hold on to the last year's student and the student goes now to a new teacher and they learn the skills but they're not able to connect to the new teacher because they're still stuck to the old teacher, then they won't learn the new skills. They won't move to the next teacher. They won't connect. So part of a teaching job is to teach while we're connected, to teach you skills. And now that you've learned those skills, now sometimes we need to break our bridge. And now with the skills that you have, this everything we can teach you, and now continue building other bridges. So that's why in therapy, part of our process is to help you make other relationships. Part of our process is to build some, some people that go to support groups or to get closer to family members that they've never shared certain certain points. But it's important to share. Most people, we are emotional humans, and it's important for us to share. All right, Nissen, okay. are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, sure. What do you say to this? What's your thought? Uh, you know, first of all, what is very strong though, to say about the teachers building and destroyed, but I, w I, w I wouldn't say destroy or I would say continually, continuously build an extra bridge and forward, you know, go forward. Or oh, it's like a building a, a house, you're building the foundation and keep running, keep building up and up and up. And uh, it's good that you have a, a good teacher but uh, and fun, but you have to, to continue. It's not, not nothing that you, you're standing up. When the minute you stand up, you're just falling back in every single life. And I, I would say that... Uh, uh, yes, I uh, agree 100% with what you said, 100%. I, I don't like to say destroy the, the bridge, you know, but I would say that continuously you're breathing another beam and another beam and continue because... And I would say that look back, as we know many times, uh, we, we know it from the Torah, Dosha, about Eshes Lot, Eshes Lot, 
This has yeah. looked back. She looked back. She became a stone, salty and bitter and couldn't move forward. Yeah. And uh, we know this in our life. Every time they start looking back and it's not so good. Yes, you can, you can look at memories. And, but the idea is to keep I go up and up and forward. Yes. Beautiful. So what do you say to this, Mizar? Just by the way, for those that would like to call and ask your question, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Yeah, so we'll look forward to still taking your questions and your comments. So Mizar, what do you say to this information? Um, it's food for thought. It's food for thought. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. You're very, very, very welcome. And again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And my question to Rav uh, what is the number if someone would like to text a comment for now? Uh, I, uh, one second. Uh, what do you say? No, just uh, what's the number for someone to text? Oh, oh, 347-927-8398, And uh, um, Mordechai, you know that uh, we uh, today, uh, basically, uh, we are in, in the, the time of uh, uh, Dr. Rabbi Simcha Cohen. And yeah. Basically, it's a lot of kids. Uh, but uh, the question like this, uh, we, are, we are doing now, we're waiting for the opening of the school year. And every day, everybody is like uh, pressure, parents and new students. What we, what we have uh, a good idea, good, uh, you know, things to, t- to talk, to say to them, to the parents and the teachers and everybody. Okay. So first, let's thank everyone. Since we started thanking everyone when my daughter had, let's say, the surgery and little help, that, let's say, Berkha Chaylam helped, like our the Kassir, the doctor, Dr. Shanik, the PA that helped out, that's so my daughter originally, Dr. Shachter, then we had over here in our colony, Dr. Bennett, which he's the one that said we should go, and throughout, Hatsala was willing to help out, but also, Remission, I called you, and I called you last minute saying I will not be able to do this program, and you were able to call Dr. Simcha Cohen, and he was able to take over that slot in literally like a three-hour or two-hour notice, and I just appreciate you, the flexibility that you gave me, and also Dr. Simcha to really thank him. This is his time now, this day. I'm so appreciative of everyone, how just everyone coming across, here to help with that openness. So I want to thank you, Dr. Simcha Kohn, and you are listening. This is your time, your program now, and thank you for switching with me. It, it, it is very, very nice of you. So now let's go ahead, Ravnissa. Should we take some of the kids that call up and do some of his program a little? We can do that if we would like. Okay, so uh, first of all, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about... Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about... So again, for those who would like to call up to ask your question, it's 718-683-5858. And this is a great concept. We're coming up now to starting the new school year. There are so many changes that happen, and it's extremely important for us to recognize, especially what children go through. So as adults... What happens is we go through the change process. Change process means that we had something till now, and then it changes on us. And it changes, and we learn to go with the changes. So in order to understand how changes work, in the first book that we wrote, Alive, A 10-Step Guide to a Vibrant Life, we discussed in the first three, four chapters, the assumptions what is needed to be able to handle change. And change is a great, powerful movement. Change is when the kid is on their stomach, then they learn how to turn over. That's a change. Then they learn to crawl. Then they learn to stand. Then they learn to walk. Then they learn to run. Then they start going to playgroups. Then they start going to school. And each change is a completely different lesson. Each change is now new information. And for some of us, that haven't learned the skills about how to go through change, it's very scary. It could almost be traumatizing, and let's understand why. Imagine you were in a school year, you had your friends, you had a teacher that you knew, and now you're going into a new class. You could even have the same friends, 
but you find out that your best friend or two other friends aren't there, or your best friend just made a new friend over the summer, and now your best friend isn't sitting next to you. Or the Rebbe or the teacher, last year was very easy, and this year is more strict. Or the other way around, last year was very strict, and you did well. With, I shouldn't use the word strict, we use the word organized. And now this year, it's a loose teacher or a loose Rebbe, which isn't that planned, which is more easygoing, but for you, it's not that good. And all of a sudden, in the past, you might have had some difficult years with such a type of a Rebbe or teacher. Or when you didn't have your friends, you felt so alone, and automatically we go into the oive mode. We tense up, we tense up, and our mind already sees the entire future will be a disaster. This year will be terrible. If I miss this year, our entire life will be over. It's unbelievable what happens, how our mind creates the negative thoughts. Now, adults, since we've gone through this so many times, since if we have healthy parents, they can guide us through this process, which we'll discuss soon what are some of the steps to help guide, we don't get so overwhelmed. We feel we have the support system. Rev. Nissen, does this make sense? Yes, definitely. And what happens, Rev. Nissen, to those adults that didn't learn this? What happens when something changes? How do you sometimes see people when you're, let's say, doing in your construction line, and all of a sudden you tell the person, oh, the plans are like this, but in reality it won't work, we got to change. Do you sometimes see people that just can't handle change? <laughs> it's happened very often. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's sad, but it's funny also. Because yeah. many times, you know, I said, uh, and the first, I would say the first lesson in the university uh, in architecture, our professor said, the paper never cry, only the people. The meaning that yeah. when, you, when you design, when you build something on the paper, you can do many, many foolish things. And people don't understand this. And then they bring the paper to the, to, to the builder, to the uh, carpenter, and the couple said, no, it's impossible. It's nothing to work about it. That's right. And it's, That's right. it's rich a lot, a lot of, and people don't want to admit it, you know. Yeah. But I want to, I want it, I want it, you know. And I, you know, we see it immediately. Somebody that experienced, you know, can see it. And definitely new profession that you see that people don't want to be flexy on their, uh, on yeah. their life. And yeah. They stay stuck in their position. It's no forward, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So let's understand that if children do not learn the skill about being flexible, about change happens, how to deal with the change, how to address the change, then unfortunately when they get older and a project, let's say of building a house, where you go to the architect, where they make a design, but then the builder tells you, sorry, this isn't practical, or it's going to cost you so much more money for this design instead of, let's say, just making it a square or whatever it should be or just out of a different material, or, or then things could change. And then the person goes like, or you're saying, no, it has to be this way. This is what the architect said. It can't be any other way. Let's understand that change is such an important and integral part of how Hashem created the world that if we can learn to be flexible with the change and to understand some of the rules of change, we can be more confident in the future steps of how Hashem does the world. So let's go ahead and take a step one. Step one in change is that what's here now is going to be different tomorrow. It means you can have a best friend and something will just change and things will be different. So, for an example, this past Sunday, I was sure we're having relatives from Eretzestral all coming over to where we are. They're going to go see this major lake, and then they're going to come have a barbecue. And sure enough, I get a call from camp, they're not feeling well, and boy, did my evening end up in the hospital overnight, in the emergency room, rather than what I expected. Now, I have clients or people that I know that they're so upset, but I made that plan. If we assume that our plan is going to be, unfortunately, we are stuck in that, in that level. Now, next. The, the next step in understanding change is that when there's change, 
we get into fear. Because change means I don't know what's going to happen. The unknown creates fear in everyone, including me. I'm sure including you, it's like we don't know what's going to happen. But after we've gone through that stage several times, we learn to be confident that Hashem will let things work itself out. But step two is that the unknown creates fear. And children, students, teenagers need us, the parents, to reassure them. And if you're a student, uh, or let's say a teenager or a child, that your parent isn't doing that, but you're listening to this program, let me reassure you. Let Remission reassure you. Things work out, but give it time. So many times people change bunks, people change classes, because within the first week it didn't work out. This Rebbe is not what my kid needs. This teacher is not what my kid needs. Do you know how many times we see just let it process a little? Let's see. We need to change. We can change it later on. But so many times, this is what Hashem had in mind, and it worked out great. I'm not telling parents don't change if you know for sure there's going to be a problem. If you have history that this, this, that isn't going to be good or your personality. But in general, with change, things work out. So let me ask you again, listen. How many times does it happen when you get to the construction site or you're doing a deal? Not a deal, but you're starting at most when something comes along. And it's not the way you expect or it's not the way they expect it. But you start coming up with other ideas and then it ends up even being nicer than you originally had in mind. Does that ever happen? It's always it's always it's I'm telling you the truth especially in the, in, a, in a construction building uh, design and everything it's always you suddenly become another material coming and another stuff budget uh, limitation and you come for with a beautiful uh, pro, uh, final product it's it's impossible to stay on the same line the same route because it's it's become so techni- technical and non I would say non shama to this. I, yeah. I, I, I tell you this, my, my type of uh, job is, is impossible to stay on the plane all the time, 100%. Exactly. So now, Ravnissa, let me ask you, so when you don't stay onto the plan and it sometimes even comes out nicer, have you already learned from experience that if things don't work out the way you thought, it's okay? It's yes. This this is something that you know, and you try to do the best. You try to bring you the the, the 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 you know, many times you start a project, and as as you know, we don't have an X-ray eyes, and uh, suddenly you open the wall and you see uh, a, a huge piping, for example, inside inside the wall that's supposed to be open space, and yeah. the the budget not allow it to move this. And you, you, you're trying to find, to figure. So you're doing the best things. You're trying to work with, with a, another element and bring, so, you know, some something that it's announced the pipe for uh, just something that as example, you know. Yeah. You you exactly. work you work about it. You know, I would say that for example, a, a makeup artist, okay, and yeah. b- bring a, a person with a huge nose or you know with <laughs> defective in a, in a face. And he has to work what he has, you know? Yeah. And he would just take and put the, the cream here and the, the color here and bring it to, to a different level that it will be nicer. This is this is all about life, you know? Working with yeah. the flexibility with, with everything. Yeah, so true. So now, so what I would sort of tell to these students and... Let's also, someone sent the message to discuss it in marriage. It's the same thing in marriage. We really think when we get married, it's going to be like this, it's going to be like that. But then when we get married, we see our husband, our wives are different. They have certain things that are important to them that's not as important to us. Certain issues that come up. The secret is, can you change? Do you feel comfortable in having that positive image? So we've got step one that everything, everything changes. And tomorrow or today might not be what you expected. The second part is the unknown creates fear. The third part is to understand that with time, with process, this thing that we thought is wrong, this object, this experience, this relationship, this connection that we think is wrong might actually end up being fantastic for us. That's the third option. That's the third idea. The fourth option is that happens along that line is now 
feel confident during the process. We need to feel safe that we have solutions. If this doesn't work out, I will make other friends. If this doesn't work out, we can change teachers. If this doesn't work out, and let's say we need to stay in this class, I can have other hobbies that I can have. If this doesn't work out, I can spend some time with whatever it should be, with my parents I'll have some time. I will get a certain reward. There is a lot that we can do in the now, even if we can't change the reality. And that is an important skill for us to recognize, that even if one area isn't good, it's not the whole area. Even if it's a one ready or one teacher, and it might be three hours out of the day, but there's still another 21 other hours to the day that you can focus on the positive. And that's an important skill that people that don't understand change get stuck in that. And that is sometimes the person goes, my wife has got this one problem. I was just looking at some of the questions now that we're going to be had for the Yiddish program that I do. And someone said, what happens if I can't find one positive in my wife? And I'm probably going to be addressing it this coming week, and it's going to be, then there's something wrong with you. Because we know every husband and every wife will have lots of mileage. Every husband and every wife will have chesroinus. If you can only see their chesroinus, there's something wrong with your vision. Someone has taught you how to see the negative, unless they are that 1% that's so ill that you, they still have positive, you're just in such severe pain from their huge negative experiences. And even then, I would still say it's your issue that you can't find positive. It means find the positive and still say it's so painful. So, so what would you say changes in your life? Because I'm sure you've either had business or relationships or at times where things don't work out well. And you don't want to drop that. You're still going to be in that relationship. But has there been time to be able to focus on what does work or other things that work? Can you share with us an example of how you do that or what you did? First of all, I, I, I love that you, you just put the, the, the relationship between husband and wife. Really, you know, this is really, the, I think this is a huge crisis in our society. And today in our generation, that this, I call it this is disposable generation. You know, just you get the yeah. cup, you drink, and just throw it away. And we get used to it. You know, we don't even just uh, fixing a, a clothes anymore. Just, you know, just uh, it's tear apart. It, it's not worth to, to send it to Taylor to fix it. Uh, yeah. And it's become effective, uh, affecting our life also, and especially with relationship yeah. between uh, husband and wife. And uh, it's not challenging anymore. We don't challenge ourselves anymore. You know that, oh, now I marry a lady that she was size zero, and now after the, birth, the giving a birth, she become like 20. So what, you know, and people don't want to be flexible about it, you know. Uh, yeah. it's, it's... And let's do the other way about the wife to the husband. Yes. I thought I'm marrying this guy that he's either going to bring in a lot of money, he'll be a multimillionaire, or he's going to be working out or continue doing all that. And next thing I know, we're married for 15 years and he's struggling with his parnosa, A. Or B, he's got now this big pot belly. He's not anymore the good looking guy. Or he lost his hair. Yes. Yeah. And These things happen where we have an expectation and we thought, well, who knows what it's going to be like. And then the person changes. I know someone very, very well. When they got engaged, this guy was major into politics, and it was decided he's going to be in politics. Three years after they got married, Baruch Hashem, he, he got connected to a rav, and he went into Chinuch, and his wife was furious. His wife said, I married a boy that's going to be into politics, a man that's going to try to change the world. Instead, he's sitting and learning now, and she was a little bit more vain, saying, I also wanted an expensive and a wealthy life. And he told her, look, you're going to have in the ulama that we'll, we'll, I'll make a living. But ulama will be so much greater. And she was upset, and they ended up working out that she job, a very good job, and every penny that she makes, she saves for her luxuries, as she calls it. And they're happy. So she's happy now where she accepted, and she now values her husband. And since he's a talented person, he's an excellent machanach, where people go to him for private speaking to Bachram and things like that. And he's very, very successful. But to be aware that life's about changes, that even when we expect to marry one person, and me, and me and you might value the fact, wow, that Solomon became firmer and he's, he's going to go into Chinuch, but to his wife, she had one expectation. 
they made up when they were dating and when they got married the first two, three years, some expectations, but then life changes. And I would say that in our, our I would say the close circle society, um, especially the religious, uh, that you go, and shiduch, we're talking now about Shidduchim a little bit, but you go in a Shidduchim that it's only six, ten times, you know, before the marriage, and everything looks like a total different, and suddenly you come living in a room in the same apartment with a person that you never knows before, you know, what is scary. Yeah. And the first yeah. years, as we all know, the first year is the toughest years for, for both sides. Either to go to the bathroom, go to this, you know, all this stuff that uh, I, I, they don't, you know, he, he knows his sibling, she knows her sibling, but her sibling, but together it's it's amazingly uh, working and teaching our children to ourselves to be flexible yeah. and understand. I had a beautiful story about. Uh, I don't recall with the, with the, about a person that uh, went with Shiduchim and he, he found a lady that v- unbelievable personality and she had a very very a unique nose and uh, yeah. after, after a while she went you know he asked the rabbi about it and the, the rabbi told him to talk with her and he spoke with her that it's bothering him a lot and she said you know it's also bothering me but right now uh, we are in a process of marriages. Let's after the marriage, I'll make, I, I, I'll do, I'll do operation, and we can, we we fix the nose. Yeah. And the day mo- moved, and they married, and then she become pregnant, and she cannot do the operation. They're pregnant, the first baby, and the second baby, and after, after five five children, they look at each other, and she told me, "Remember, I promised you to 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 work on my nose." I said, forget about it. You have the most beautiful nose in the world. And you are your mother of my children. Yeah. And that's that's something that we have to understand. Life is really acceptance and, and flexibility. Yes. So, so true. And it's about understanding change. And for those of us that we're not being taught these lessons, it can be very overwhelming to us. So if we don't, so let's understand things. It's normal to be afraid. It's normal to start a new teacher. It's normal when you took a break, will my friends like me? It's normal coming from a summertime where it's easy and relaxed and you're barely, barely learning or studying, having a good time to go back to class. Even if you're in learning camps or things like that, there's still a freedom. You're coming and you're going. Parents have to stop telling you come in, stop doing homework. It's still sunny outside. My neighbors are still outside. All this is normal. It's normal sometimes for a kid to worry about saying, last year I didn't have such a good year. How will this year go? These are all normal. The secret for you to know is stay with it. Pull through. Give it time. Express it. Open up to an adult, to your parents or to your teacher. They can help you sometimes have friends. They can guide you. They can even just call on you a little. They can just give you a smile. Just having a teacher already talk to you two minutes a day can change everything. There's such a power to that, and that is all about change. This is part of the process that happens in change. I would like, again, to share the number for those to please call up, share your questions. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And uh, the text, num- text number is 347-927-8398. I want to, uh, to announce here, that really you don't, we don't do in the show, but somebody lost his uh, tefillin in Manhattan on 31st Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. And the initial is Dalet and A. And if you found it, either contact us or call this number, 917-359-0325. 917-359-0325 is at Filin, lost in Manhattan between 31st and 6th. If somebody heard about it, just uh, it will be big mitzvah, mitzvah tzavat aveda, huge one. Yeah. And uh, you, you want you want to to talk about the text uh, that I sent? Yeah, you? sure. Okay. So we got over here a uh, text message as follows. I thank you so much for all that you do. May Hashem give you the strength to continue doing your amazing work. Amen. Can you give me an idea how I can explain to my children or our grandparents that favor some grandchildren in a respect in a respectful way? 
is very obvious, so it cannot be ignored. I simply get the jitters when they complain. How can I explain such a thing? Um, I would tell you the solution is so simple. You take your children and you go to the grandparents. You go, Mommy or or Ima or Abba or Tati, and say, you know, this is what my kids mentioned to me together with the kids. Come tell Bobby what you were just saying. And they'll say, you know, Bobby, sometimes, you know, with that kids, you always give them presents and you don't give us. Or when they come, you're always being around them and you're never looking at us. And we feel a little hurt. You open. And if you'd like, how we start is always with the positive. Of, Bobby, I so appreciate you that you come to us, that you smile to us, that you babysit us, that when we come, whenever it should be, you're always giving us a gift, or you're always so confident. Always start with a positive, and then say, but you know what bothers me? And the mother or the father means that child, not the son will the door will, but the child will bring it up. So when you share it with grandparents, they will, maybe they're not aware of it. Maybe they see these grandchildren much less often than they see you. But you can discuss it, and then the grandparent can be aware of it. It's that simple. But not for you to start defending the grandparents, not for you to start eating yourself up of your parents, to just have an open discussion. Uh, can uh, can I uh, just add something to this? Because could please be that, go uh, ahead. I would say that uh, if this is the side, I, I would say that, that the, it's not the side of the in-laws to say, or the son-in-law or the daughter-in-law, it's the side of the son or the daughter themselves. I wouldn't say that the daughter-in-law will approach the 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 in-laws. Exactly. Because it can be exactly. A very, That's what I'm saying. The son. Yes, because then you can start making bigger problems yes. with politics. Yes. That's right. Such such an important point. Because sometimes yeah. sometimes the it can be I know in the eyes of the the person it looked like like we uh, they they didn't give the the right attention to my child, and the son or the daughter can make it direct to the parents better than the the in laws. Yeah. Cor- correct. A hundred percent, yes. Yes, so, so, so important. So again, to realize that so many times we can get afraid into thinking, oh, this is terrible. Um, How could they do that? And the real thing is we just need to inform them. Maybe they're not aware of it. Maybe there's something going on by this family, by the brothers, by the nephews and nieces that you're not aware of that they are. But the grandparents won't tell you or they or they're giving their more attention for that reason, but there's a lot that you could do. And that's why it's important to bring it up. Yes. And many times, you know, as we know that uh, we, we discussed the beep between the borderline personality disorder. Yes. That uh, it's it's not so simple to you know, to define exactly where's the parents or grandparents or, or children uh, imaginary imagination or just they, they want the world around uh, surround them or just uh, the, their own point of view you know I understand yeah. this from this question that is very obvious what it but uh, again I would say that talk dire- as you say there talk direct but the That's son right. or the daughter yes that is so so true because let's say that grandparents is not well, unfortunately, or has something else. Um, it is so important for the children to at least know that they can learn to have a voice. It's so important for kids to learn that you can bring something up and not to be afraid. And if the grandparents start reacting harshly, then the child goes, okay, now we need to go. But at least we told them that it's okay. So, so, so important for that to happen. And again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. We have a question. Um, you have another yes, question please. here that uh, I, I think this is the... Somebody called me yesterday on the show, if I can, you can. And yeah. uh, I think that the text is... Uh, this is the question about... Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to address it. Let's address it. I usually don't like dealing with this. Let's try it mentioning it over here. When things don't go away, I start feeling that the world is over. And I feel sick in my heart, and my heart starts pumping, or I wish that someone should pass away, Chatzah Shalom. 
And this is almost what we're discussing about learning how to deal with change. Life is about change. And there's another saying that if you get to the end of a road and you don't turn, and I forgot already, I forgot the quote. It's sort of about there's a bend at the end of the road. It's, you only get stuck if you don't continue turning when the road turns. Change is about you're, at this, you're going straight, and all of a sudden you've got to make a right or a left. Someone doesn't want to change. They continue going straight, and they're bumping into that wall, and they're upset at the wall, and they're yelling at the wall, and they're justifying why that wall should not be there. And maybe even on GPS, if you look at the radar, let's say, or the picture of the map, maybe you make a right, and then you'll make a left, and another left field, and the road will continue straight. However, right now there is a wall up 20 feet. The other side, the road might continue straight, and you might be justifying why there shouldn't be a wall. You might be right, there shouldn't be a wall there. But there is a wall. Learning how to be flexible, learning about change. So you make the right. You make the left. You might even gain by learning, by making a right and left. You might even see more than what's happening. Then you're able to love people. You're able to respect people that are different than you. But if you can't make a change, then your only options are either everyone conforms to you, you become a dictator, you become tough and people don't like you, or the other way around, if you have to give in to them, sometimes you wish Hashem will create bad for that person, because it didn't go your way. And really, the issue is not the other person. The issue is, are you going to learn how to handle change? Change means things don't go your way. Change means that people are sick. That is the reality. Change means people don't have parnosa. Change means people's marriages aren't well. Change means sometimes people don't have children. Change means sometimes your best friend will leave you. Change means sometimes a house catches fire. Change means sometimes... Yeah, I'm just thinking of someone that has termites, other stuff going on in their house. Change is inevitable. The question is, how are you going to deal with the change? Are you flexible to see the positive that Hashem is sending you those messages? Are you flexible, strong enough to realize that how have I grown through this situation? Or are you going to be knocking yourself down? That is the question. And to this person, it seems like whenever they get down, they seem to be either upset at themselves or upset at others. What do you say to this, Rav Nissen? Yes, uh, this is the, the you know that's this is exactly what uh, I, I thought about it. You know because this is something that if it's not going right, it's not work. It could be from per- perfectionism or just yeah. you know that not, it's not not my way or the I way. And uh, yeah. this it's very it's very it's very tough. I would say that I I basically uh, would suggest to to this lady this person that uh, wrote it just try try to work on on the the emuna that everything is a quality of everything for everything for right. good everything that we have around that is for good even the the things that we thinking the the worst about it. Just yeah. is good. Everything is really unbelievable. The plan is the Kadosh Baruch Hu. We don't have much about it. We just have to be follow his road. And sometimes the road is not highway. It's bumpy. And we have, we have okay. flat in the tires. And we have to get up and fix up the flat. Or wait till somebody help us. And this is the way of life. Yes. So, so, so important to learn this and to master this step about that it's not the way we expect and Hashem is running the show and to really be able to be flexible and to be able to change with the situation as it comes up and learn to change different tires. Like you said, sometimes the road is a bumpy road. Sometimes it could be a dirt road. It could be a smooth road. It could be a highway road. It could be inner city with the speed bumps roads. And we need to learn to be flexible in each of those situations. So well said, Robinson. Thank you. Thank you. And we have time for someone else who would like to ask your last question. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And we look forward to your question. We have another text Please from go. Chicago. Yeah. 
Okay. I kept Which calling. Has... I kept coming, calling someone while he was at work. Now he's angry and won't talk to me because his boss yelled at him. What should yeah. I do? <laughs> ah, this is a good question. So what do you say to this? <laughs> Yell at the boss and boss again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, keep calling. <laughs> now call the boss. Call the boss. <laughs> uh, that's a real, a real a life question. You know, that's where it's... Uh, I, I would say that uh, it's, it, it, it's excuse, in my opinion. It's excuse. Yeah. It's not the yeah. boss yelling. And not, it's just excuse. I'm sorry. To in tell. other words, let's understand. Let's assume A, which is the person sending this message, was calling their friend to be at work a lot. What that means is, you know your friends at work. You know they have to work. And why are you calling them that much? Because you're needy. Now, if you're working, you understand your friends work, you understand that there are limits and times for a friendship, I'm making a, a hypothesis. Again, a guess, because it's way too little. That's why these programs, we like to have those that call in. And on our weekly time people do call in but because there's less people aware so that's why we're taking text questions but the issue with text questions are we're making way too many assumptions and hypotheses of what's really going on when while none of this might actually be the issue so what we're going to go ahead is just make a guess that you're calling your friend at a lot of time and actually we've got a call which we're going to take mrs j so let's just finish addressing this question then we're yes. going to Mrs. J. Okay, so sir. when you're calling someone so many times, what happens is you're not aware of how you're affecting their life, and unfortunately the boss is going to have to tell them stop speaking. I wonder if the issue is not the fact that you call during work time, if the issue is that you're calling too much, and a friendship has to have times where you're close, you'll need to have time where you have a space, the same as even a marriage. You need time when you're together, but you also need a break. It's not good when the husbands and wives are together way too much of the time. You need the women with a women's circle, men with a men's circle, and then we can. And, of course, we also have time together. Our marriage is important to be together, but we also need our space. I wonder if when you called your friend too much at work and the boss yelled, what your friend is trying to say is, you're being too needy. This friendship is one away, or this friendship is too intense or you're calling too much, and you've got to slow down a little. And if that's the case, then your question would be very different. How do I start identifying when I, am, when I am pushing someone too much? When I feel I need someone, how do I start slowing down and not needing them? But I have that need. These are the questions that I would be asking if I were you. And, but we can be completely off because we don't know really what's going on in your question. We are going to Mrs. J. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello, Mrs. J. Hello. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so my, que- my question, I was very depressed. That was uh, three years ago. And with Hashem, with medication and my therapist, I came a long way, and I can say I feel, I feel good. I feel healthy, but I still Wonderful. have. Wonderful, Hashem. And I would that's like to amazing. share it that everybody should know there is a that's way out. But, yeah, that's why um, I want to I, thank you, first of all, for sharing that you were depressed. A, people don't like sharing that they had a depression. B, they don't like sharing publicly. Really, they went to therapy, and you did that. And they especially don't like sharing that they took medication. And you're so brave for sharing all of those things. Can I and ask I went you off for... medication, so it's not a one-way. That's um... right. You went off medication. Thank you for breaking now that belief that once you're on it, you're stuck on it for life. Thank you for, for breaking that lie that people say, that people talk about. Great. Yes, you could get off medication. Good. What else do you want to share with everyone listening? You are so okay. brave. Okay. I'm not depressed anymore, but I have a fear of getting back there. <laughs> yes. That's normal. That is very normal. Part of the process of getting out of it is learning to start using the skills. When you'll start feeling down to learn the skills that you learned in therapy, and after it has gone through several times that you've broken through and you see, oh, I got down, but I didn't get depressed because it's normal to be down. I was able to get myself out of it. 
I was able to use the skills that I learned. I was able to sleep. I was able to eat better. I was able to exercise. I was able to get out of some negative environments that would pull me down. Then you start building the confidence. So realize that when a person starts therapy and starts medication, many times they're down for many, many years. And now that people are out of it and they're off, sometimes their support systems means you're off the medication and you're off and you might have finished therapy. It's normal to have the doubt. Who said I will manage and that I won't fall back? That's normal. And what I want to reassure you is this is a normal step in the process. Okay, so now it's like I would say it's already, um, yes, it's about a year I'm off medication. And most of the time, and one good thing what I can say is um, once upon a time when I was in a bad mood, I was um, criticizing me for being in that mood, criticizing myself for being depressed. And now I say, oh, this is how you feel. And you just feel it, and it will, just like waves, it comes and goes, and I allow myself to feel it. And I would say I had harder times and easier times, and I feel much better. But I think what I'm feared is about, um, uh, I think it's, um, my baby is big, and I'm afraid of having another one because I think that might trigger it. Yes. So these things are all normal stuff, and I would even recommend that maybe have you discussed this in therapy? Um, no. So this is something that's important to discuss in therapy, or even just the support system, support groups. It's important. These are these are very workable. It's normal. Very normal. I, I think the daily daily life is going on, but I'm afraid of anything that might trigger it. Yes, this is normal. This is normal. I just want you to understand when someone, when you had, let's say, a depression and you worked out of it and you, you're out of it, Baruch Hashem, but you're starting to realize, oh, maybe this will cause it or maybe that will cause it. So sometimes it's a sign that you might go back to therapy, let's say, for just a couple of more sessions to that therapist where you feel confident and you can just process through some more of the issues. Because as a therapist, what happens is we find many times that there are different triggers. It's not just one trigger that a person has. It could be five or six. And sometimes you dealt with two, three of them. Life moves on, boxing is successful. And they realize, oh, there's still one or two other issues I never processed. It's okay to come back and process that. Mm-hmm. That discusses a few triggers which, I'm, which I am afraid of and see how I will deal with it if it comes. That's right. So now you gave your mind the confidence, the security that you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You know, when I made this call, I just wanted to hear... Um, a, a reassurance that no, you'll never get back there. <laughs> I just want to hear no. If you had it once, it does not mean that um, there's n- not that um, big a chances to get to get um, depressed again. <laughs> so you want to hear something I could never tell anyone, because what I'll share with you is as follows: If you use the skills that you learned, because remember you got out of the depression, it wasn't just medication; it was therapy. So if you use those skills then with Fidar you won't fall back. However, you're sharing that there are still some concerns that you have. You haven't worked or processed that. So either you can process it on your own, or if you need the therapist, they'll process it. You, need to, you just go to the therapist. If you want me to do a Mokubal step or a Rebbe step where, or, or a Rosh Hashiva step, where I tell you just take out a Gemara and learn, and that is one of those roles, not as a therapist. I'm just a technician here. I'm trying to be a healer, which is, you know, we look at the engine and we tell you these are things you need to do. So if you did an oil change 5,000 miles ago, yes, it's normal to sometimes need a tune-up. If you see something comes up, it's normal to either work on it, use the skills that you learned, and if they're not working, so you just go for another, for an oil change, big deal. And, And it's important for you and for everyone listening. You are okay, you are good, but there's nothing wrong if you want to still work something through or use the skills you learned in one area and now use it in this area. Mm -hmm. All right, skills. Remember, 
You got off medication because you now have the skills how to deal with situations. Use those skills. Use them. Skills work. I would say this is very, very normal to any one of us that is kind of fear from something. For example, I know that I had recently a car accident with, with uh, you know, a stop sign. So and when I come to now, approach a stop sign, I had like, you know, that's as, and then they have the skill of driving. So I look left and right again and take the, and they, they take the time to check again and drive. And I think that when you have the skill to, to stand up and look at yourself, take the mirror and say, you know what, I'm, going, I'm not depressed. I'm just going. It's a normal way. Now I have a bump in the street. I'm passing it. I just go on. And uh, it's really beautiful that you share with us your experience. And it's really up to many, many people that really become afraid about talking about it and fear to go to therapists, take medicine. I think this is part of our Jewish awareness to our our community. Yes, so so important. I thank you for sharing that, and also thank you for sharing that you can have still some doubts later on. This is normal. That's what I like about it. You're real. This is normal. And for me to say, don't worry, it'll disappear. Now, what I'll tell you is, use the skills. The skills are working great. If your skills aren't working, you need to go back to the therapist. Or see if you still have that fear. It's okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Sure. Thank you. And bracha v'atzlacha. Yeah. Bracha v'atzlacha. And keep on growing. Keep on growing. Yep. So, Mordechai. So, th- yes. Yeah. We finished. Well, thank you, Rav Nissen. Thank yeah, you, Rav Nissen. Thank wonderful program for being flexible with me. I want to thank Dr. Simcha Cohen for switching programs with me. I'd like to thank all the callers and those that have sent the text messages. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And I want to thank, as always, the Rabbi Nishleilam for allowing Baruch Hashem, my daughter, to have her full shalema, to heal. It's so important. And Baruch Hashem, things are ending for the positive. We all know that sometimes things don't always go for the positive. So just so thankful and honored for that. Great. Thank you very much. And we can... Continue our regular program. Thank you. Hello.